Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. Where you can master the art of enriching your life. What kind of kindergarten shit is this? And finding a path to financial freedom. Who the fuck was supposed to teach me how to do my taxes? So sit back, relax, and step into the Rich Room. You know I can't help these cause they know they can never touch these. Salutations, y'all. Welcome to the Rich Room. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. What's new with you? How are y'all recovering from Mardi Gras? Man, I really wanted someone to send me a king cake this year. Oh well, there's always next year. Let me tell y'all what, I have been watering the fuck out of my grass. Like, for days now, just watering the fuck out of my grass. And I'm not talking about my lawn. I'm talking about my metaphorical lawn. The Miami grass versus the New Orleans grass. Really like the Miami swamp versus the New Orleans swamp. I really did stay in a very similar climate. I feel like I thrive in the heat. Anyways... The metaphorical long came about when I realized that I've been exerting too much energy in New Orleans. And I need to use that energy here in Miami. Although, I am going to the parliaments in New Orleans on May 5th, but that is it. The metaphorical lawn really came about when my daughter Madison was deciding to fly to New Orleans to go to Mardi Gras. And she wanted to fly home and see her friends, and I totally get that, but... In that discussion, I told her that the grass grows where you water it, meaning she can't expect her life here to grow if she's not putting any energy into it. Uh, sound fucking familiar? Yeah, so I decided to take my own advice. So since last week's episode, I've been to two Pilates classes. I went to the beach. I got my car washed. I got Madison's car washed. I went to a sewing class, got a little Botox. I absolutely love Botox. I used to be incredibly skeptical about it, but I think it's amazing. I've been getting it conservatively since I was 29, so about six years now. And let me tell you, I'm going to look 29 forever. I'm a big proponent of doing what you want to make yourself feel good. Because when you look good, you feel good. It's just a fucking fact. Man, and on that third day after getting injected, your skin starts feeling like all nice and tight. And you know the tox has got you. Oh, I also went to a new place to get my roots done. The last place that I went was fine, but my hair turned red. So I just decided to try something else. And I'm really happy with the color so far. I also took a few inches off my hair, and now I have a long bob. I'm a few years behind on the lob trend, but here we are. My hair is looking healthy, honey. I am blessed. I am moisturized. I am thriving. I pretty much have a very full week. I'm the busiest I've been since I've moved here. I have sewing class on Monday and Wednesday, Pilates on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Then on Friday, I'm taking a salsa class. I've always wanted to learn how to ballroom dance, and I've never had a partner who was willing to go with me, and thankfully, this place takes 
singles. Wah, wah. I actually like being single. I sent my final divorce papers off to be filed. So that should be done next and then wait for a judge to sign and then boom, I'm legally divorced. I don't feel sad about getting divorced. I know it was the right move. Like there is no doubt in my mind. And once I made that decision, there was no going back. I think it was better this way. A clean break. So my sewing class was fucking awesome. There are seven ladies in the class and every woman has a story about wanting to put in the work to make a real change in their life. Everyone is like recommitting to something they were once passionate about or pivoting in their life to something that they actually are passionate about. It is very inspiring. Literally every single student left a great impression. I love the instructor too. I sewed some buttons today and I have some homework to sew some more buttons. So I'm taking a sewing class at the Fashion Institute in Miami and it's kind of like 45 minutes away but the commute really isn't so bad. I'm getting more and more comfortable driving here but it is really intimidating. The aggressive driving is pretty intense but it's manageable especially coming from New Orleans where It felt equally aggressive, if I gotta be honest. But what really grinds my gears is when people don't use blinkers. It would help all of us out so much if people decided to use their blinkers. We need rewards for blinkers. We need safe driving for blinkers or something. Like a treat should be delivered to you every single time you use your blinker. Creating a positive reinforcement like Pavlov's dogs. (laughs) We will all start salivating when we hear the blinker go tick, 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 tick. I love learning a new skill, y'all. I feel like a lot of people are searching for something new, and I have a little rich bitch tip when you're trying something new. Don't be afraid to be bad at something. This took me a long time to learn. I generally can catch on to things pretty fucking quickly. So when something doesn't click immediately, I tend to get very frustrated. Like I was working on my buttons and the stitching looked sloppy and I started to get very frustrated with myself. So I had to have a little bit of a self-love moment and I said to myself, it's okay not being good at something right off the bat. You just started doing this. It's okay to be bad at it. You're only going to get better. And that helped me calm down and give myself a little grace. And my stitching is improving. (laughs) Like I said, I'm watering the fuck out of my grass. Because that bitch is going to grow. Madison and I are heading to the Coconut Grove Arts Festival this weekend. It should be a grand old time. I'm sure the weather will be lovely. Maybe we could hit up a cute little restaurant after. Huh. I'm saying yes to life, y'all. So... I had a really weird experience the other day when I got my hair done. So it was actually before I went to get my hair done. Okay, I was out running a few errands before my hair appointment when I got a text asking if I could move my appointment back a little bit. It was no big deal and I decided to make the most out of my time and go to the mall because I ran out of concealer and mascara. So naturally, I need to hit up Sephora. Oh my God, side note, I am absolutely devastated. Sephora has discontinued the Volume Lash Mascara. 
It comes in a black tube and has purple print on it. I've been using it for at least 10 years. That's a long fucking time to be using the exact same mascara with no deviation whatsoever. I was stunned when the Sephora employee told me that the mascara had been discontinued. I was forced to buy the new volume mascara by Sephora. It works well, but it's significantly smaller than the previous line. And it only costs $2 less than the previous line. I'd say this is another business move to make more money. Why else would you discontinue a product that already works very well? This is why TVs break after a few years. Businesses now make products that break easier. So you're going to have to buy more products. Look at the damn Apple iPhone charger and block. You don't even get a block anymore when you buy an iPhone. How fucking stupid is that? Probably not stupid fiscally for Apple, I would say. Anywho, my weird experience. So that very morning, I woke up and told myself that it was time to level up and put on a cute outfit instead of sweatpants and leggings every day. Although, I am wearing sweatpants now. I literally have been wearing the same matching brown sweatpants and sweatshirt from Aloe for months. It's been my go-to outfit. It's comfy. It's cute. You look put together because it's matching. Also, I gained about 10 pounds doing some self-care eating over the holidays, and the sweatsuit hides that real nicely. It's not that I really care so much about the fluctuation because, as the great Jackie Schimmel says, if you're not fluctuating, you're not living. But when you purge your life and all of your in-case-I-gain-weight clothes and you subsequently gain a little holiday weight, you run out of options to cover your naked body. So the brown sweatsuit has been a fucking staple, or really the baseline in my wardrobe for months. But I told myself that it was time to step it up because I don't feel like my best self when sweatpants are all that fits me. So the morning of my hair appointment when I was getting dressed, I was like, bitch, you're gonna look cute today. You're putting on real clothes. I chose some khaki green wide leg pants and a high neck white tank top with sneakers and I put my hair in a bun. So I'm at Sephora, killing time, and also kicking myself because I forgot to go there in December and get my free birthday gift. I got my one size concealer and my brand new Sephora mascara and I get in the checkout line. Sephora is one of the first stores, apart from the grocery store, that I remember having those last look shelves while you wait in line. How genius is that? The Sephora checkout line is notoriously a long line of customers. And Sephora has all these shelves all along the customer line. So people are literally shopping for things when they are in line, prompting them to buy more. Also, everything on these last look shelves are mini. And everyone loves a mini version of a product. Because then you just feel like you're trying out a little sample and not committing to the whole thing. Buyer psychology is fascinating to me. Anyways, the checkout line. So I'm perusing the checkout line and I actually end up snagging a mini lipstick by NARS on the last look shelves. It's very cute. Then all of a sudden, I see something familiar in the corner of my eye. I don't want to make it obvious and stare at this person, so I decided to act like I'm looking at all the products in the checkout line. And 
end up doing like this really awkward twirl. So I probably looked silly as fuck. But to my surprise, I see someone who looks very much like me. Well, really, a past version of myself. Standing right behind me in line is a woman about my age in the exact same, I mean the exact same brown sweatshirt and sweatpants from Aloe that I had been wearing for months. The same brown sweatsuit that I had looked at that very morning and said, no bitch, we are wearing real clothes today. If you haven't been to Miami, people dress pretty damn well here. Like everywhere, all the time. There aren't people going to restaurants in sweats, even if they are cute. It's like a very chic European vibe with leather sandals and sweaters draped over their shoulders. Now, there's nothing wrong with wearing a brown sweatsuit. It's cute athleisure and aloe is a very hot brand right now. But for me, the brown sweatsuit was holding me back. It was comfortable to me. It felt safe. This woman in Sephora, who basically represents a past version of myself, even had her hair up in a clip like I've been wearing it and with sneakers. I was like, wow, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't say anything. I kind of just took the moment in. I said to myself, wow, this is basically you standing next to yourself, showing you your outward growth on your self-expression. You looked good, but you really look good now. I thought to myself, this is so damn random. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be at my hair appointment. And I came here to kill some time since my appointment got moved. And I see the past version of myself? What are the fucking odds? Okay, let's talk about Southern Hospitality. For those of you who don't know, Southern Hospitality is a spinoff show of Southern Charm. Both shows are set in Charleston. The reason that Southern Hospitality works so fucking well is the same reason that Vanderpump Rules worked so fucking well in the beginning. Now, Southern Hospitality did not start off strong in season one. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't that great. Unlike Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm does not have a saucy Schroeder character to give us all life. But if I'm being honest, a saucy Schroeder character in 2024 most likely would not be as well received. Which is why Stassi Schroeder had a bit of an evolution in her life and is now a changed woman for the better. Well, that's what I'm kind of assuming, that there's been some change. I heard her say that on Jackie Schimmel's podcast. So even though Southern Hospitality does not have a Stassi Schroeder, it does have Maddie Reese, who is amazing in her own way. Maddie's in her 20s and she is a recovering addict. She's been sober for, I think, like nine years or some shit. But that's pretty fucking commendable, I gotta say. She's also a manager of the restaurant that she works at. Well, all the kids work at. It's called Republic. Maddie is a queen, but she is dating a fuckboy. And this fuckboy's name is Trevor. In season one, which was last season, we are in season two now... In season one, Trevor and Maddie were not together because Trevor cheated on Maddie. What a fucking douche. 
But they were like kind of hanging out in season one and she was deciding whether to give him another chance. Cut to season two and they are living together. What could go wrong? So in the first episode of season two, there's this random ass bitch who said that she and Trevor made out at the bar. Apparently, Trevor had already come clean to Maddie and told her that he acted inappropriately with another girl, but he did not say that they made out. Sure. So when Maddie learns about this, she moves out to give herself some time to think about what to do. Reasonable enough. Trevor first tries to spit a lie saying that this girl actually made out with his friend and not him. He even gets his friend to FaceTime him and one of Maddie's friends to confirm that it wasn't Trevor who made out with this chick. Mm, uh Uh-huh, sure. Then there's a video this girl took of Trevor and her walking in the street dancing. He's attempting to twerk. They are flirting, they're touching, and he goes, are you going to touch my penis, sir? That's enough for me. Here is video evidence of you being very inappropriate with a female who was not your girlfriend. After already having a history of cheating on your girlfriend, might I add, Trevor seems very, very comfortable behaving this way with a chick who is not his girlfriend, which indicates to me that this ain't his first, second, or third rodeo in acting inappropriate with women who aren't his girlfriend. Now, two episodes ago, Trevor surprises Maddie when they are in Miami. He pulls up to a he pulls up in a rented convertible, which I guess is a step up from his bike taxi, but it's still giving desperate and thirsty. And he like surprises Maddie. He's like, get in my whip but says it in such a corny white bread way that I had secondhand cringe for him. Apparently this works and Maddie decides to move back in with him. Boy, baby. Mm -mm. First off, let me say this. And this applies to Trevor and many of the people on Southern Hospitality. There is no way that most of these people are paying for these houses solely by themselves. Like, There's no way that Trevor's paying for his house solely by being a bike taxi person. His family must be helping him out. I'm not judging him. There's lots of people who have their families help them. My family is helping me right now while I get my life together and get back on my feet. I mean, it's just very normal these days. I have lots of friends whose family helps them financially regularly or has helped with a major purchase, like a down payment on the house. I mean... The baby boomer generation holds more than half of the wealth in the United States. So what I'm trying to say is, y'all got $5 I can borrow? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let me also say this. Will and Emmy give me hope. Even if Will has decided to start law school. I think he will be a good lawyer. And he has the perfect formula. His father is nearing retirement age and he has a full practice that he can take over without having to do any client development. That's the way to do it. Oh my gosh, when Emmy started crying at the table in Miami, Will just got straight up to go comfort her. He's like, Emmy, baby. They are not afraid to show their affection and allegiance to each other and I like that. So I give you all of this glorious background to discuss the newest trick up Trevor's emotionally unavailable sleeve. 
Maddie and Trevor go to dinner. Obviously, he has something prepared. He's like, I'm just sick of Brad. I lost you because of a lie. You you want to know what I did, Maddie? You want to know what I did? I called that girl, Sammy, and I recorded the call. And I conveniently have the call ready to go when we're at dinner and the cameras are rolling. Trevor's always got to come up with some evidence, huh? You can just look at his mashed potato white bread face to know that he is lying. I don't know what he's offering people to speak on his behalf. Is he giving free rides on his bike taxi or something? Ugh, he's terrible. The worst part about it is that Maddie believes Trevor with zero hesitation. Now, my girl may be sober, but love is a fucking drug, y'all. She is absolutely blinded. She cannot see the shit that is directly in front of her. Trevor even goes, you know the truth. I know the truth. But let's not tell other people the truth because they just can't handle the truth, Maddie. Like, let them think they won. <laughs> um, red flag, bitch. Red fucking flag. So we get to hear the recording and Trevor says something like, so you shouldn't have set me up. And the girl goes, yeah, I don't feel like talking. I shouldn't have answered the phone. That doesn't even sound like she admitted to it. I, I, I don't know what you think you're proving with this, but you sure as shit ain't going to law school. I could tell you that right now. Do you know how easy it is to edit a recording? I literally do it every week. People do it every day on social media. And girls don't usually lie about hooking up with people. And I kind of think Maddie's more involved than she's letting on because she kind of let out a Freudian slip when she was getting emotional and she was like, she told me she lied. And then she backtracks and said, well, she told Trevor she lied. Mm, same sus. Here's the thing. There is an undisputed video showing him attempting to twerk and asking this young lady if she's going to touch his penis. What else do you need? Well, apparently not too much more because I checked both of their social media pages and they are not following each other. So, it seems like Maddie ends up kicking Trevor to the curb. Damn, I hope it's on this season. Well, shit, you know what? The season finale is actually this week. And I'm pretty sure there's a dramatic confrontation between Maddie, Trevor, and the girl he maybe hooked up with. So I had to buy fabric for my sewing class the other day, and it was not a great experience. I went to the first store that was the closest to me, but the prices were very high. I only need, to, I only need fabric to do stitches and buttons and zippers and shit. I'm not trying to make anything right now. So the first store was a bust. Then I decided that I'm going to go to Joanne's, the fabric store. I'm like, Joanne is my best friend. She will have something for me. I get to Joanne's, which is about 30 minutes away. I go inside and see a man at the front. I go up to him and I'm like, excuse me. He don't even look up. I'm assuming that he can't hear me or he only speaks Spanish. And I say, excuse me again. And he looks up and he's like, yes. I'm like, what the fuck? This dude is just ignoring me. So I was like, um... Can you help me find the 45 inch width fabric? There's a lot of fabrics out here and I've been looking for several minutes and I'm really having trouble finding it. And that's the material that's on the syllabus for my class. He said, no, you'll just have to look around. I was stunned. 
He wasn't helping anybody else. He was just fucking sitting there. And my feelings were a little hurt. Why was this guy being such a fucking jerk? I mean, you work here. Who the fuck else am I supposed to ask for help? So I'm a sensitive little bitch and I was fighting back tears because this guy wouldn't help me. Like, I don't even ask for help places. I usually go figure things out on my own and I I get in and I get out. But this sewing stuff is very technical, so it's not intuitive and I can't really figure it out. And there's like a hundred fabrics in multiple rows across the store. It would be helpful to have a little direction on where the fabric that I need is located, sir. So after he said he wouldn't help me, I walked around for a little bit, but I really wanted to leave. I'm like, I'm talking to myself saying, no, bitch, you're here. You drove out here far as fuck to Joanne's. The other place is expensive. Just pick something and we'll be on our way. And I think I saw an olive garden and we haven't had that in 10 years. So you can give yourself a little treat afterwards. I do that with myself. I like will compromise and give myself treats if I do something. It's working very well. So I turn back to all of the fabrics at Joanne's and I'm walking up and down the aisles searching for a fabric that would fit what I'm looking for even though I couldn't really tell you what I'm looking for. And I selected a fabric that would work perfectly and I walked my happy ass to the back to get the fabric cut. Well, the only person working in this damn Joanne's was this gentleman. I take that back. There was one other woman, but she was helping someone else. So I ask him if he can cut my fabric and I'm giving him full ice queen. He says he'll meet me back there. I end up needing a thread cutter as well. And so we go to the back and I tell him I need 10 yards. Wouldn't you fucking know it? The fabric that I picked out only had five yards left. And I need all the same color fabric. I couldn't have different colors or anything. So my pride was a little hurt because I had to deal with this asshole of a man. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get my fabric elsewhere. And I leave, I get out of there, fighting back tears until I get to my car. And when I get in my car and that door shuts, I let that shit go. Ugh, he was kind of a jerk. I don't really care for him. Then I go to Michael's, which is in the same shopping center, and find out they don't sell fabric. So I'm Googling fabric stores near me. I find one that's 20 minutes in another direction. I also place an order to go at Olive Garden because... I needed some breadsticks to heal my pain. So I go to this other fabric store called Fabric World. I'm like, great, Fabric World. How can I go wrong with Fabric World? Well, I didn't like their options. They were expensive and they didn't even have actually what I needed. But I had class the very next day and I had to have all of my fabric. So I picked something that I'm not really crazy about and I'm just going to make it fucking work. Tim Gunn style. Ma'am, I thought Joanne's was going to be a sure thing. I was pretty disappointed at the lack of assistance that I received at Joanne's. And you know what? I thought about having a pretty woman moment and going back to Joanne's with the stuff I had just purchased and say like, do you work on commission? You made a big mistake. Big. Huge. I have to go shopping. And he would probably be like, uh, no hablo inglés. Fuck. What do I got to do to get SiriusXM to stop calling me every single day? I'm assuming it's a sales call since my free trial expired last week, but holy shit, they will not stop calling me. How do you unsubscribe from calls? I don't know. 
SiriusXM, if you can hear me, please stop calling me. Thank you. So I had myself a productive ass Saturday. I went to the beach to watch the sunrise. I got my car wash. I got Madison's car wash. And I also had one of the greatest ideas I have ever had in my life. Okay, so Miami is hot. Not just like temperature hot, but like the place is hot. I rarely see anyone looking like shit. Most people look fucking amazing. So in order for me to have some confidence when I'm leaving my house, I have to feel good about myself. I have to feel confident. And I have found that I have an immense amount of confidence when I put together a good outfit. I want to be as confident as people who walk their dogs not on leashes. How the fuck do you do that without being a nervous wreck? I saw a couple walking the other morning with their dog off the leash and I just thought to myself, man, I would love to have that much confidence. So a cute outfit really does give me confidence, but I've never really taken the time to sit down and go through my closet and put together outfits like without having an event to go to or something. So I decided that pre-planning would put my best foot forward and take the guesswork out of what I'm going to wear. As I mentioned before, I'm trying to phase out the athleisure. Not completely, but I don't like it being the base of what I wear out into the world. Well, I decided to take the organization one step further and I tried on every single item of clothing in my closet and I took pictures of the outfits on my phone. Now, I have an album in my phone with me wearing every piece of clothing. So I can just flip through it when I'm trying to decide what to wear. And I will know how that item of clothing fit me on that day. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, not everything fit. So for the things that wouldn't zip, I would just like hoist it up for the photo and try to get a photo of wherever the fit issues were so I wasn't fooling myself in a mirror thinking that something fits when it doesn't. As you can imagine, this took some time. But to make it a little more fun, I popped a bottle of Shamps and I also listened to Kanye West's new album. Kanye West has released an album with Ty Dollar Sign. It's not as good as previous Kanye stuff, but it's still good. There are some repetitive chanting parts that I did not really care for. Also, lyrically, it wasn't as witty and smart as previous albums. Although, I was happy to get new music from Kanye, though. Speaking of new music, Beyonce has gone country, y'all. And that's country, C-U-N-T-R-Y, country. So, since Beyonce has gone country, the Rich Room podcast will now go country. Full country. Y'all, Beyonce has done it again. She loves a surprise, doesn't she? So, all of this happened during the Super Bowl. I don't remember at what point, but it was definitely before the halftime because I fell asleep after halftime. And honestly, the only commercial I remember is the Verizon commercial with Beyonce. So, in the commercial, Beyonce is trying different ways to break Verizon's network. And the more she does, that's even more outrageous and spectacular, she still doesn't break Verizon's network. 
It's a very good angle. So then, at the end of the commercial, she says, she's like in a spaceship, and she goes, okay, they're ready. Drop the new music. And the beehive let out a collective gasp. (gasps) Did she just say new music? Is there new music being released? Is Beyonce actually winning the Super Bowl? So I didn't see the, so I didn't hear the music until the next morning because I fell asleep during halftime. But Beyonce released two new songs, both of which are country. And she is also putting out a new album that is being released on March 29th. Fun fact, I'm getting my pre-Nuvo scan on March 29th, so I'll have to listen to that for sure. The two songs that Beyonce released are pretty fucking good. One is called Texas Hold'em, and the other is called 16 Carriages. I have been listening to 16 Carriages all day and crying. It's got me all up in my feelings. So I watched the Super Bowl performances, and they were really, really spectacular. Andrew Day kicked it off with a majestic performance, followed by Post Malone. I love him so much. So much character development. He literally went from partying and drinking nonstop to getting his act together and becoming a father. He looks freaking amazing. So happy for him. And honey, let me tell you, Reba McIntyre did her thing with the national anthem. She killed it. Oh, I get so emotional when I see soldiers who are overseas during the national anthem. Also, when I'm really in a spiral, mainly this occurred in law school, and I really need to cry, I'll watch videos of soldiers coming home to surprise their family or surprise their dogs. Mm, Straight to ugly crying every single time. Oh, wait, I do remember an ad. Jesus had an ad during the damn Super Bowl. In fact, I think Jesus has an ad every year. Why does a tax-exempt non-business have to advertise during the Super Bowl? While we're here, why do tax-exempt non-businesses who do not pay taxes take PPP money? Payroll protection? Employees? That sounds like a business that should be taxed. Call me fucking crazy. I looked it up and the Super Bowl ad this year cost $7 million. Um, Jesus, I would like to borrow some money. Sounds like you got plenty. Thank you in advance. I know people were watching the Super Bowl for football, but let's be real with ourselves. Most of us were watching because of Usher. I liked the little warning at the beginning of the halftime that said, may cause relationship problems. That seems to be a little nod to the situation with Kiki Palmer and her ex. Well, he became her ex after he tweeted something to the effect of, um, you're a mother, whenever she posted a video of her at the Usher concert when he was doing his residency in Vegas. I just want to say congratulations to Kiki because that man did her a favor She has had an absolute glow up ever since. And it's not even that she needed a glow up, but I have loved what I have seen from her since she shed that dead weight. As for Usher, he killed it. I love the performance. I love the outfits. The first white outfit with the white coat was very nice. The performance felt like like a modern circus or Vegas showgirls or something like that. 
Alicia Keys was there. Her was there. Usher freaking danced on roller skates. Like, damn Usher, pulling out all the stops. I was not anticipating this, but I was so happy when Lil Jon did Turn Down For What. And Ludacris joined in for yeah. Okay, funny story about Turn Down For What. When I was at my friend Taylor's wedding, I was in the wedding and it was in Rosemary Beach, very gorgeous. And we were having the rehearsal dinner and I was sitting at the talkative table per the usual. And it wasn't me, but it was someone at my table while people were making speeches and they would just keep playing over and over, turn down for what? What wasn't like the whole song at the time? There was a website that you could go to on your cell phone and it was called the turn down for what button and you could literally press you could literally press it on your cell phone screen and it would play turn down for what. Now I know this is not a very respectful thing to do while people are making their speeches, but for the tipsy table of people in their mid 20s, it was really fucking funny. All in all, Usher gave a great performance. 10 out of 10. I loved it. Y'all, I'm having a major issue with my cat, Lydia. She will not stop attacking me. She just does it randomly, too. I will just be sitting at my computer, and she will just start attacking and biting my legs. She will also do it if I start singing. Like, she does not like it when I sing Les Mis. So I have to lock myself in the bathroom when I'm feeling a groove. Oh, little Les Mis update? I checked title and the Les Mis 2010 London cast album is actually on it. It was my mistake the whole time. Um, oopsie. So Lydia is not biting hard at all, but I don't like it. I've tried redirecting her behavior to cat toys. My living room looks like I have a small child by the amount of toys I have scattered about. I've tried catnip, which she is apparently immune to. I got her a very chic cat tree that is beige and light brown. She has no interest in it. Nothing seems to be working. And the vet said that I might have to get a behavioral specialist over here. And I'm not into that. So if anyone out there has any ideas on how I can calm this bitch down, text me at 504-224-9919. We got Lydia back in 2020. We got her from Zeus's place in New Orleans. Madison really wanted a long-haired cat. And so we were on the search for a long-haired cat. Madison had already picked one out at Jefferson Feed that was black. And we were playing with him. And it was really cute. But he didn't want us to let him hold him. He would just keep jumping out of our arms. Despite that, we were still going to adopt him. Then I remember sitting at work one day. And I was looking at Zeus's website to see if they had any other long-haired cats we could go look at. And I saw the fluffiest little bitch you had ever seen. And her name was Lydia. I screenshotted the picture to Madison and sent it to her. And we decided to go look at Lydia to see the little fluff ball that was on Zeus's website. Well, when we got to Zeus's place, we asked if we could see Lydia. And they go in the back to get her and bring out a hairless or near hairless cat. And we were like, Oh, we thought she was long-haired. Not this scrawny, balding thing that was in front of us. They told us that she had ringworm all over her body and it had caused all of her hair to fall out. 
There was no way to know if her hair would grow back the same or if it would even grow back at all. And if we decided we wanted her, we had to quarantine her away from any other animals and us for about a week. Like we could go in and pet her and everything, but we would just have to wear protective clothing and gloves. Well, what sealed the deal was when Madison picked up Lydia, with protection of course, but she picked up Lydia and Lydia just stayed there. She just let Madison hold her and that's exactly what Madison was looking for. A cat that would just let her snuggle. And wouldn't you know it, the bitch's hair grew back fluffy as fuck. Also, we both loved the name Lydia and decided not to change it. Okay, a new Vanderpump came on this week. <sighs> Let me just say it's really hard to watch. Tom Sandoval is playing the victim in a major way. Also, this season was filmed like a short time after the reunion, and at the reunion, Tom was not professing his love for Raquel. And now he's like, I'm so in love with her. Why wouldn't she call me on my birthday? Um, she's in fucking treatment, you asshole. She's in a mental health treatment facility because of your fucking ass. This show needs to be canceled already. It's not organic. It's not authentic. The group has been majorly fractured and they are all showing up at the same events because they are on a show together. It just doesn't work anymore. You want to know why Southern Hospitality is so good right now? They all are genuinely friends. They all date each other. They all travel together off of the show. And then they also have to work together. I know that all reality has a level of production, but it feels way more authentic. Tom Sandoval taking the victim mentality and a huge ass clusterfuck of a mess he created makes me not want to watch the remainder of the season. I will, obviously, for research purposes. I mean, what would y'all do without my Vanderpump hot takes? I'm doing this for y'all. You're welcome. So, I have a bit of a dating app update. As you all know, Tinder is not working out. It's apparently more of an app for people to hook up. In fact, the last message that I received that really did it in for me was, we should hook up sometime. Call me old-fashioned, but that is not just what I'm looking for. And if I'm being completely honest, the odds are you're not going to be better than a vibrator. And I'm not even looking to hook up with somebody. So it was my mistake, Tinder. That is on me for not knowing the unspoken rule of the app. So I've been trying to think of other ways to meet people. Because I'm not just looking for a partner. I want to make friends and meet people. So I was brainstorming ways to meet people and I recalled this Jewish dating app that was discussed on Jeff Lewis Live by Paige Davis. Paige said that she is on an app called The Locks Club because she wants to marry a Jewish man. I fucking love locks bagels. Now, I'm not trying to get married. In fact, it's the furthest thing from my mind. I'm kind of resistant to attempt to date in the Jewish community though. First, the Jewish community is all about family and traditions and whatnot. And I'm not looking to have any more kids. And I'm just concerned that most people on the app would be looking for someone who wants kids. My therapist told me that I was prejudging the whole entire experience before giving it a shot. And she was right. 
So I applied last week. You have to write like a whole spiel about yourself and your business ambitions and goals. The tagline of the Locks Club's website says, a members club for Jew-ish people with ridiculously high standards. Okay, that is basically describing me. I have always considered myself as Jew heavy on the ish. Like, I am not religiously Jewish, but... That 24% Ashkenazi Jew sure as shit popped up on my DNA results and my mom's entire family is Jewish. Can you imagine me back in Nazi Germany trying to explain to a Gestapo officer that he's making a mistake? See, sir, I'm not religiously Jewish. I'm more spiritual. Sir, I'm a Sagittarius sun sign with a Taurus moon and Sagittarius rising. So, sir, you're obviously making a mistake. What's your sign? Could I interest you in a lox bagel with cream cheese? I don't think that would fly with Gustav Gestapo. Speaking of Gestapo, is it Gestapo or Gestapo? (laughs) Like, I want to say it like gelato. Anyways, there's this new show on Apple Plus called The New Look. The description says, This thrilling series reveals the shocking story of how fashion icon Christian Dior and his contemporaries, including Coco Chanel, Pierre Balmain, and Cristobal Balenciaga, navigated the horrors of World War II and launched modern fashion. I've watched the first two episodes so far, and it's pretty fucking good. I had no idea that any of this took place. I had no idea that Coco Chanel herself worked with and for the Nazis. Oh my God, I also found out from my friend Julia that there's a Kabbalah Center in Miami. I'm seriously considering going to one of their healing workshops. I was looking at their website and it seems like Kabbalah is like a combo between astrology and Judaism. Oh, wait, back to the Locks Club. So I found out yesterday that I was accepted. How fucking exciting. So let's see how this shit goes. The Locks Club has all these events around Miami for members. Like I want to go, but I'm going to have to work up the courage. But it, you know what? All I really need to do is find a killer outfit and I'll be able to go. Oof, gosh, it makes me nervous. Oh my God, I'm so excited for my salsa class on Friday. Your girl is putting herself out there. I am watering my grass and I am shaking my ass. Thanks for listening, y'all. That's all we got for you on episode 24. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Oh, don't forget, next week, starting Vivian 2, going over her book. So get the book if you want to follow along. Oh, and a happy belated Valentine's Day. Uh, Love you. You're all my Valentine. See you later.